So every time when I talk with them, they say, keep us in your prayers. <laughs> How did you get from that to Chinese medicine? Well, because in that field, you always overwork. I used to take first train and last train, and you will ha start having problems when you work like that. Welcome to Conversations with Your Chinese Auntie Podcast. Your host, Patricia Peterson, has conversations with BIPOC folks about life, shares wisdom, and discusses their experience with topics like growing up in an immigrant family, racism, and the sense of belonging. Without any further ado, let's dive headfirst into this episode. My guest today is Dr. Sanae Suzuki. Sanae is a trauma-informed integrative primary care practitioner focusing on mental health. She has over a decade of experience in holistic medicine. I met Sanae last December at our somatic experience in training, and we also ran into each other while waiting for our flights home at the Atlanta airport. It was so lovely for me to see a familiar face at a very busy airport. In this episode, we talk about Sanaya's path, her work at the trauma center, acupuncturist without border, and how Western medicine views the body versus Eastern medicine. She also shares a few advice for aging gracefully. We also discuss the crisis in Gaza as Sanaya has two friends who are directly impacted. Hello, Sanaya. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting. Of course. Who are you? Your identity. As much as you want to share what you do. So we can get to know you a bit better. Yeah, my name is Sanae Suzuki. Or some people call me Sana. I am from Japan. Born and grew up in Japan. Lived there for until mid-30s. Then I left and went to Italy and then I came to the U.S. And currently living uh, in Chumash territory. Or LA, Los Angeles. What were you doing in Italy? I went to uh, language school for about five, six months. Wow. Uh, I went with my family, but I was doing different things. And... Oh, and then how did you end up in the States? Family reason, I came here and then I went to acupuncture school. Yeah. What languages do you speak? So Japanese for sure. Um, Japanese, Nihongo. <laughs> English, Italian, I'm learning, I've been learning Arabic. I took French college, what wow. else? Uh, Spanish, some Spanish. I can read Chinese. Ah, and also I forgot to mention, right? We, we met through the somatic experience in training. Mm -hmm. So by formal training, I'm acupuncturist and herbalist, doctor of acupuncture and traditional oriental medicine. Mm -hmm. And so after I got licensed, I started working at the residential trauma center here. And that place has been really using a lot of the body oriented therapy approaches. And also my school, my acupuncture school used to do lunch and learn with the alumni. And uh, one day somebody came in to be acupuncturist, but also has been doing somatic experiencing. So that's thing at the back of my head somewhere. 
And when I started working at the trauma center, I got a lot more interested. That's how I started going that direction. The work that you did at the trauma center, was it acupuncture and herbs? Or was it um, year acupuncture? Primarily as an acupuncturist. It's impossible to separate these other factors. And sometimes herbal medicine, well, nutraceutical supplementation. And sometimes I do facilitation of the group therapy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when you do the work at the trauma center, now that you've done your somatic experiencing training, can you incorporate that into your work? Oh, yes, definitely. And actually, so this is a residential program that I've been working. And then from last year, I started working at another daytime program uh, center. And at this place, I'm primarily somatic therapist. Have you noticed with incorporating somatic experiencing, have you seen a big difference in the client's healing process? These locations, the clients see different therapists, different modalities. For me to be able to understand the clients or patient through the lens of somatic therapy or somatic experiencing definitely allowed me to understand the patient or client a lot better and gave me more information in terms of what to do in the treatment. And I, I also have a private practice. My office, I do use both together in one session. Nice. As well. Now, do you have a specialization? The, by default, acupuncture is a general practitioner or family uh, medicine. People with different concerns yeah. would come. But maybe about 80% of what I see or the population that I see uh, coming in with the concern of mental health. If you look at mental health from the lens of Chinese medicine and acupuncture, what can clients do to help with their mental health? And I think uh, I also in, try to incorporate the functional medicinal aspect to in both acupuncture or Eastern Asian medicine in functional medicine, root root cause medicine, mm. try to see what underlying yeah underlying aspect that brought that uh, condition into the surface of the patient the client. So that's how I would so I would always look, mm. not just necessarily from the, the same aspect, but mm. in general. Also, in um. In the U.S., we can use herbal medicine. Okay. For me to be able to use herbal medicine here is a, a big plus. In Japan, herbal medicine is something that medical doctors prescribe, actually. It's so good to hear that in Japan, it is widely acceptable. Because in Canada, at least where I live, British Columbia, it's also considered a supplement. They are making it harder and harder to bring them in. Um, some, in, yeah, some herbs are becoming uh, harder to get or banned altogether. 
And it's amazing these traditional herbalists, thousands of years, came up with this specific formulation that when things are being taken out, the efficacy declines greatly. I know I love that you're talking about this because herbal medicine isn't talked about a lot, mm-hmm. even in the TCM field, in the traditional Chinese medicine mm-hmm. field. Because here in Canada, the government is making it harder to get it. So a lot of the TCM practitioners I know have pulled back from herbal medicine and some of them have gone to homeopathic because sometimes that can be easier to get. And I grew up taking herbal medicine. Did you? Yeah. 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 It's very, something that's accessible to everybody. That's the beauty back home in Asian countries. Did did your parents have to boil the herbs or was it? In a uh, different no, form. we didn't do that, but uh, it's more common in Japan to get the uh, concentrated granules. We do have raw herbal pharmacies in Japan too, but these are not as popular nowadays. I remember my mother boiling the herbs and then it was like, I remember at some point looking at it going, it's black in <laughs> color, you want me to drink this? And one time... I must have been nine. There are some insects that are good in the herbal formula. Mm-hmm. I remember looking at the men at the store putting it in the package and I'm looking at my mother going, you want me to drink this? Do you still work with acupuncturists without borders? I haven't been since last time I went down to Tijuana. in 2018 or 17. I took their uh, trauma in community, I forgot the name, but their training. And where I live, we annually get a wildfire. Unfortunately, right after that, we had wildfire and volunteer acupuncturists gathered together and uh, provided some acupuncture treatment to the evacuation center. Yeah. 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 They do not organize these local level treatment, but it's almost always the acupuncturists, volunteers who decide to do. And the acupuncturists without borders usually support that effort. For example, providing equipment or giving the list of the acupuncturists who is registered as a volunteer. Typically, it's a community style in like a circle yes. chair, yeah. uh, auricular acupuncture. But sometimes we may incorporate something else. Some acupuncturists provided suina, for example, nice. massage. And then at the time when I went down to Tijuana, is there, is that there? There is, there are, I think, a couple of refugee shelters oh. and acupuncturists without borders. Have been going there with other organizations, Refugee Health Alliance, which is organizations of other healthcare professionals, doctors, nurses, or pharmacists. They go, or students, all go there to provide like basic healthcare. They also have a psychiatrist in that they are having the effort to provide virtual uh, therapy sessions. 
But yeah, we went there together with them. Have you always done Chinese medicine acupuncture? Before I left Japan, I was in software development. <laughs> How did you get from that to Chinese medicine? Well, because in that field, you always overwork. I used to take first train and last train, and you will ha- start having problem when you work like that. Yeah. And so I was going to acupuncturist myself that time. And then my undergrad, my major was philosophy, and uh, I study Eastern Asian philosophy, including Taoism. Dots starting connecting, and also my acupuncturist. It's actually family with both lineages of the father's side and mother's side. Being acu- so the whole family was like, oh, you should do it. You should totally go to. <laughs> and I eventually went. So, how long have you been practicing? Since 2017. Oh, okay. What do you so, love about it? I was always interested in medicine. First, uh, I was I was a health problem full child growing up, going going to pediatrics. <laughs> so I was always interested in that, and so I'm happy to be able to be in healthcare in that regard too. I like that I'm able to take time with each patient the way I do. Some people do differently, but I like to be able to take time to see that patient as a whole. And as a result, you will start building connection with them, not just them, the community, their family, and being able to help them and see the change. So great. So great. Yeah. Same for same thing for the mental health aspect. I think you can say that. Yeah, yeah. You could be at their worst time and stay through that transformation, which is amazing. That thing. Yeah, I don't know how it is with you, but when I was practicing acupuncture, the clients, the patients, was like, "It's so great that." I get an hour to talk because usually Western doctor here, a few minutes, you're lucky in and out. Right. But to have half an hour or oh. an hour to be able to share what's going on, to talk and to get some advice, maybe lifestyle advice or dying to help with sleep or mental health and reduce stress. A lot of clients were like, that is so helpful. And also conventional medicine approach is more of what's going on, if there's pain, there's painkiller and aid, and they don't get to see that whole picture. For example, again, going back to the concept of Eastern Asian medicine, when there's a headache, why their headache rather than giving the painkiller? It could be coming from a bunch of things and they don't get to ask to these other possibilities of the causes. Also, a lot of people don't understand is Eastern medicine too. It's like you have to give it time because you're mm-hmm. trying to treat the root of the issue. It's not like Western medicine where you take a pill, it goes away. But then right. it's going to come back again in two weeks or in five days when you treat the root of the issue like Eastern medicine. Right. Give it time be patient. Let's figure things out to see what's going on. You did your doctoral focus in insomnia. Uh-huh. Yep. What did you find? 
it could be caused by so many different things. And sleep being such an important boxer for healthy life, for mental health, for body to be able to work optimally. What I was able to find is that some study were uh, talking about the comparison between sleep medication and acupuncture or acupuncture and sleep medicine together, prescription together. And efficacy for when it's combined was higher and was also being able to reduce the medication. Well, yeah. <laughs> I am curious from Eastern medicine perspective, as we get older, any advice on how to look after ourselves to have mm. a better quality of life? Each phase in life, what's appropriate is different. And being in this city, right by Hollywood and all these <laughs> industries, I seem to hear the struggles of people who is trying to go against the aging. But aging is not necessarily something that you should be scared or try to avoid because this is a natural process. Like, for example, I'm happy that I'm growing gray hair. I think I didn't tell you, I really never talked about it, but I started having alopecia when I was 13. Oh. And I didn't have linear until about five years ago. It was okay. So I, I was saving for what, over 30 years. And I wasn't even thinking of getting my hair back. But I was getting acupuncture. I was taking herbal medicine, which always addressed the digestive system for my yeah. case. Going to see different people and always end up having diagnosis for that spleen. Spleen deficiency. <laughs> but yeah, so I was getting acupuncture, taking herbal medicine, and trying changing diet, lifestyle. And this really happened to be the testimony of the root cause medicine. One winter, which is about five years ago, it was cold and I didn't want to say because it was end of the year. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave it for a week and see, because I'm not going to see my patients. I'm okay. And to my surprise, my hair didn't uh, have spots anymore, my hair. I'm like, hmm, okay, maybe I'll start keeping it growing, see where it goes. And I think you remember me with hair going down to my chest <laughs> during that <laughs> time. Yeah. So do you think from a Chinese medicine pers perspective, it's not just one thing that works. It's a combination, right? Oftentimes, mm -hmm. it's lifestyle. It's reducing stress. It's your diet. It's acupuncture, herbal medicine. In your case, do you think there was something that was more important for you? Because I've seen clients with alopecia in the past when I was still practicing mm -hmm. acupuncture. Mm -hmm. And everyone is different, right? Some is internal heat. Many yeah. have spleen deficiency. In your case, what do you think was the thing that made a huge difference for you? Yeah. And definitely it is... Spleen, 
uh, I'm looking back because, um, as I mentioned, I was a weak child going to pediatrics weekly and I must have been taking tons of antibiotics and it definitely compromised my digestive system. Looking back, I used to have issues until maybe like around 30 or something at least, not being that human body being like a straw or tube, right? What's inside is, is affecting the outside directly. So definitely that part was the biggest, I believe. Well, and you close your spleen now. <laughs> it's much better. <laughs> it's much better. <laughs> I, I don't know if you agree with me, but when I was practicing acupuncture, I found spleen deficiency is probably one of the hardest to treat yeah. because it takes such a long time. And if the client has to be on top of things, the diet has to be good. The stress level has to be low. Like you said, stress, you like to be on top of stress and you think about that from Western perspective, this is the God brain connection. Right. And so they're very explainable. And the Western medicine has only in the last, what is it, 10 years that made the gut catching up. Yep. And yeah, polyvagal theory talks about the gut brain connection. Too, right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we knew it thousands of years ago already. Over 3,000 years ago, we knew yeah, it. I just wanted to say that because you said that it takes time and the patients needs to be on top of everything. You were patient and you did your work for that. But right. aging gracefully, I'm with you. I also have gray hair. I decided a long no. time ago I wasn't going to dye my hair. And also like wrinkles and some brown spots and all these things that we gain through the life experience. So we earn it in a way. Because of where you live too, like you were saying just now, people try to reverse the aging process mm -hmm. because in LA, there's that industry there. Over 10 years ago, I took a course in facial acupuncture and the teacher talked about it. She was from California. And she saw clients in California, San Francisco, and New York. She said, especially in California, she had a lot of clients who are actresses and actors who came to see her to get help because they were getting Botox and their face was frozen. I would like to think that there are more of us embracing aging. Mm -hmm. I don't know you would, whether you would agree with that. I don't know because I lived in Italy too and Italian, they, they, these are uh, old grandmas over there. They get all wrinkles and they are still being who they are. Last week when we checked in, you were saying that there's been a few friends in Gaza. Would you like to share what you're hearing, how they're doing, and if there's anything you would like us to do? If there's anything we can help. Um, right before we uh, do this, I have a message from one of my friend. He was born in camp, refugee camp, you say that camp in Gaza. And him and his family had to flee from there. Uh, my other friend, he's also, he had to flee from Gaza City. Situation is very bad. 
my friend that I was talking with, he is right now in tent, living in tent, small tent. I don't know what to say. This is horrible. It's, I don't know how it is. We are unable to stop this or understand. Yeah. yeah. When you talk to him, is there anything he needs that we can help? So every time when I talk with them, the first thing they say is to keep us in your prayers. They are so generous to give, but they have so much hesitation to receive. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know if they're getting wound? If they're able to guess? According to them, it has been very difficult, partly because the price of the food went up 10 times since this started. So are they eating? Do they need money? So when I asked this morning, actually, are you eating? Are you able to eat? The CD, he doesn't say, I am. But he rather say Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah. I think he's eating something, but I don't know. The first thing, whenever I check with them, first thing they say is, I'm still living. Last question. Is there anything you would like to share with the listeners? Any advice that you would like to give? Oftentimes I hear patients coming in and said that I went to these numbers of specialists and I finally came to you and we are stronger in prevention of medicine, disease progression or happening, not intervention rather. I want people to think before it happens, come so that we can prevent anything to happen. We know that the saying that a good doctor prevents disease to happen. Prevention is better than intervention, definitely. Yeah. You're holding so much these things. How do you look after yourself? I cook maybe 95% of what I eat. I like going to the beach. Mm. Just sit or walk when I can get acupuncture, taking supplements and herbs as needed. Well, That's also low drinking water is also, I use that a lot for somatic awareness. The whole experience of putting the water in your mouth. Yeah. And then it goes through the throat, going down and land in the stomach and slowly dissolve into the gastric juice. The whole experience that can be good in interoception practice. So, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Oh, there's so much there, isn't it? In such a short time, we covered so many topics. I hope you enjoyed that. This week, advice from me, your Chinese auntie, is to remember to look after yourself and your community. Reach out for help in the winter months as we are right now. The days are longer and it's usually cold or raining or snowing. So if you can, please find some movement and reach out to your people. See how they're doing and please ask for help if you need to. Have a great week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Conversations with Your Chinese Auntie podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. 
Also, remember to sign up for our newsletter to receive free materials and updates. Links in the website, patriciapeterson.ca. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N.ca. Again, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you in the next episode.